Two Recruiters, One Mike. A podcast brought to you by Talent United, where we talk about business, people, and the business of people. That's Dion Hart. And that is Gary Banks. This is the radio. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Two Recruiters, One Mike. Uh, a Talent United podcast with me, Dion, and Gary Banks. Hey, how are you? Good, mate. And it is a welcome back for me. I missed uh, last week's episode. I was away. Uh, and you and uh, Jess, our COO and podcast producer, created a fantastic episode yeah, last so week. A lot of said probably the best yet. So uh, mm. yeah. I did wonder whether uh, my position on the team may have been... Uh, Stolen. Well, when I say a lot, that was like Jess and I both said that. So that's yeah. a lot. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. A fair, fair feedback it was too. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you talked about it on uh, on that podcast, but obviously we were away in uh, Manila and Bangkok two weeks ago. We went to see our uh, offshoring team in Manila and we had a uh, an Asian conference for the recruitment network that – our brands are a part of, and that was in uh, Bangkok and Thailand. And it was an interesting time, Gaz. It was. It was. Uh, it's called MPA Worldwide, if anyone's uh, interested. It's a group of over 500 recruitment uh, companies across six continents. Uh, and it was the Asian conference. There's about 14 different Asian countries represented. There was probably another four continents represented. So uh, quite a, uh, a wide variety. And... I guess the, the overwhelming theme that we came back from that, and this is what we'd probably like to share our you know four nights in Bangkok story here, um, is uh, that it's not just us; it's everybody is feeling sort of similar themes across the uh, across the world. Yeah, I guess it's kind of good to um, if you're not that it makes it any easier, but if you're going through something, especially you know work related, and you find out that everyone else is going through the same thing. You know, at least you know it's not just you uh, that's struggling to find candidates. It's you know there were how many how many Aussies were there about eight yeah. about eight or so and they, they and we, these are people we talk to all the time as owners of recruitment agencies um, and they're all saying the same thing around the country that as as you said there were people all over the world who were just saying my God where are the people where are the candidates yeah, that's you know? so I think that's what we wanted today is share. Not just some of the, the things that we discussed at the conference, but then other observations, I guess, that we made that might be in relation. And, and that's probably number one. The overwhelming theme is candidate shortage, all industries, all geographies. Yeah. And I, I was actually saying this to a, a client just yesterday when we, 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 we caught up for our quarterly catch-up. It, it's, where have they all gone? Mm. <laughs> you know, like, it, yeah. it, it's, they've got to be somewhere. You know, and uh, and this seems to be a thing. That's why what we've talked about before, when, when we're advising clients on how to go about it, just having that that one source of truth and trying to to get people, it's, it's just not going to work. You've got to have multiple channels, and and you know, I think we've worked out before. We've got about sixteen different sourcing channels, yeah, um, to try and get people, um, and even with that, and, and we've even invested in in more tech. Uh, to try and help us out, and, and we're boosting our offshoring team and boosting our onshore team just to try and get more people looking. You know, it's it's a little bit like a search party. You know, mm. we've, we've got as many as we can. Even then, it's still difficult. Yeah, I was talking to. Um, so I wasn't here last week. I was in Melbourne, 
uh, with our business coach doing a three-day thing down there with him and uh, a bunch of the other clients, you know, most of the clients were there and I'm the only recruiter, so they were all coming up going, what the hell's going on, where are the people? And, you know, I said to a couple of them, like, there's, there's a whole bunch of factors at play, you know, and we've got people, they stop people coming in, people went home, there's less grads, there's more work-life balance focus, all that sort of stuff. But to me, none, the numbers don't add up. They, they, all those things don't add up to such a talent shortage. Yeah. That I'm like, where, where are they? Yeah, I don't know. Look, the, the stop of, of the borders being closed and all that sort of stuff doesn't really help thing when that's trying to be opened up in Australia at least. Um, it, it, it's just that people are just being incredibly selective. <laughs> Yeah, I think in, in what they're looking for. And I think that probably leads on to the second part of that, um, in, in that, okay, well, yes, candidates are short, but then if you have an opportunity and you've got some uh, uh, an opportunity to present to them, the, the, key, what, the key things, it's always been, like, you always have to pay the right money, okay? That, that makes sense. Yeah. So I think anybody who's paying unders uh, at the moment, you're just not going to get people. You're out of the game. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, maybe, maybe this is the, we're, we're talking about this with regards to, say, hospitality staff. Um, my, my cousin has a, has a, uh, owns a bar and it's finding it difficult to try and get people. But a lot of the I guess, you know, kids going through uni or just finished school that would maybe do some you know, hospitality shifts are doing stuff that sort of they can dictate when they work. So they might be an Uber driver or an Uber Eats or they might be doing a Fiverr you know, gig or all this, all this gig economy type yeah. stuff that suits in and around their time so they can, they can make it easier rather than going somewhere where they have to be dictated, well, this is the shift, it's from, you know, one in the afternoon to one at night or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, they, they have to work and you go, well, I have to then move my life to suit that yeah. rather than... And I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to yeah. do it, that's right. So, yeah, th- that's a selective. But the, probably the overwhelming uh, point that you need to have if you are looking at a role is that the flexibility. And uh, that's around you've got to be at least able to do something hybrid um, mm. you know you don't have to be 100% remote you don't but if you are 100% in the office you are out of luck at the moment because no one's looking for that yeah it's odd I, I mean we've discussed this heaps we have we have uh, you know our team here consists of uh, of people who are in the office every day of people who work from home every day, people who come in one to two days a week, people who aren't even in the country. So we're we're very set up and we're um, you know very comfortable with people not being in the office. But you know you know my thought. I like I like people in the office. Mm. I like the team around us. Um, so I think there's you know I think there's people who who want their team in the office for two reasons. One is you know, control and lack of trust, which is, I mean, well, let's leave them. Um, nobody wants to deal with them. We don't want to deal with them. You don't want to work for them. Um, and then there's people who want them, you know, for, for what I think are the right reasons. Um, and then there's people who are very flexible. And, yeah, like you say, um, the, the overwhelming feedback that we were getting from, again, from recruiters all over the, coming from in from all corners of the globe, was that everybody wants some degree of, you know, flexibility. Yeah, it's funny because when we're all coming out, virtually everywhere had some sort of coded reaction, you know, mm. whether they were in complete lockdown or it was some sort of isolation for some point of time. And you, you might have thought, well, coming out of that, you know, people have been locked up, you know, I want to get back um, in the office. But I think that they've spent that time reassessing what's important to them. And again, they, they just want to have it on, on their terms. And, you know, you've got 
so many twenty dollars uh, in the fine jar. Gary left his phone on. I apologise to those of you who have taken time out of your day to listen, and he can't take two seconds to put his phone on silent. Very busy, and yet again, the Star Wars. Twenty dollars. Stop it before we. Twenty dollars uh, to we charity. Have to pay, we have to stop it before we have to pay any royalties. To <laughs> it would be a very true. So, um, uh, yeah, so people you know, are reassessing. I guess you know why. Uh, you know what I want to do. I want to go. Well, I, I want to go in these times, and that works around. You know, if I've got kids, I'm picking up and dropping off, or um, you know, th- these particular times suit me. And, and, and if you, the funny part is that I'm getting now. Most of the jobs that, that we work have got some element of it, and I think it's because if somebody calls us up with a job that hasn't got any element mm. of flexibility or hybrid to it, we go, no. We almost don't work it. don't work yeah. it. We say, look, I'm not going to take that. We certainly don't take those ones on you know, the, the, the retained basis in my space uh, that we'd normally work. It, it might be, a, well, look, if I come across anybody that wants to do that. Okay, so we, we, had, we did have one doing a favour for another recruiter down in Sydney and trying to help them out. And it was one that first, yeah, they said it absolutely had to be in the office. And it was a, just a, a pretty straightforward role that we could have filled 20 times over if they had any flexibility. Yeah. But because they, you know, if, if, because they didn't, it just dragged on for weeks. So, yeah, it's it's not just, I guess it's not just the candidates saying they want the flexibility, it's, it's all the recruiters saying, oh, I want to work roles yeah. that have flexibility. So that's the case. So yeah, so that's that's um, I guess that were the, probably the two things that really jumped out from talking to, to everybody. But you also made a bit of an observation from the uh, from the streets of Bangkok as well. <laughs> yeah, I made a number of observations <laughs> from the streets of Bangkok. Only one of which I will share. No, it was, so it was we were we were walking down the street and we were in I don't know what area of Bangkok we were in, but it was busy. Right, so you walk out of our hotel. We were staying at the Sofitel, so it's in a nice area. There's, you know, there was other corporate conferences and whatnot going on. Walk out on the street, and it's just there's just markets everywhere. And the 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 most obvious thing about these markets and st- these stalls, which are basically just tables on the footpath, is every single one of them has exactly the same thing. And I made a comment to Gary and, and the other uh, mate of ours that we were travelling with. They're kind of like recruiters. Like they're just all lined up on the street going, do you want to buy my stuff? And they're contingent recruiters. Recru- and they have no point of difference, you know, whatsoever. Yeah. It, they just, I just was thinking, well, you walk past one and then you walk past another one literally 10 seconds later. If you don't buy from one, you're not buying from the next 40 that you walk past between here and whatever bar you're off to. Yeah. And then, the, then to get your board, I guess they have to try and be – Cheaper, aging, cheaper. Well, well or, yeah, or whatever it was. And the, the the whole price in there is obviously you're in that sort of bartering and, and uh, agreeing on a on a, on yeah. a price sort of thing and, and haggling if you like. Um, so that's a little bit different. So it's not like yeah. You know, I think if you if they say the price and you go yeah okay you pay it, they're a little bit shocked. Oh, you yeah absolutely to, to, to do that. But yeah, it, it's right. You, and so the ones that were standing out were the ones that. Maybe had like they had somewhere with a bit of you know enthusiasm, a bit of flair, them, a bit yeah, of flair, and they hey come over here, Aussies, or well, I'll see something on yeah. your, on your shirt, and, and you know might have saw the two recruiters, one Mike shirt, and say hey come over here, two recruiters, over yeah, here. yeah, you know, so yeah, that you, you've got to have something if you just 
if you what you're offering is the absolute same as everybody else, it will come down to price. Yeah. But if you are able to offer something else, um, then you might win the work. Because it was even like you say about being engaging. Most of them weren't even engaged. But most of them, the 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 words and the terms, the phrases that they use to get you to to talk to them are exactly the same as the next person up the road. And it's like I just I just thought I we we're not we you know we sort of pretty adamantly tried to not uh, come across the same way as uh, the rest you know a lot of the rest of our industry for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, but yeah, it was just really interesting. I just thought it's a really odd sort of approach to business to be just an also ran offering exactly the same thing as the guy down the road with exactly the same personality and the same terms at the same price and hoping to make a real difference in your own business. So, you know, if you're a recruiter, um, if you happen to have your own recruitment firm, don't, don't be that. Um, and if you're hiring, you know, get, away, get as far away from that as possible because, you know, if you're not standing out, then you're blending in. And there's just way too many people hiring at the moment to, to be blending in with everyone else. Yeah. No, absolutely sage advice. And we also got some other sage advice there. And the good part of that is confidence is you can get sort of access to, to training, I guess, and, and, and other people's way of thinking uh, that you wouldn't normally get. Uh, they had a guy there who was a former chairman of the International Coaching Federation and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Jean-Francois Cossin is his name. Uh, so he yeah. was uh, from French background. Uh, and, he was, and, so he, and he bought a few things. And a lot of it's all straightforward. But again, uh, nice to sort of share um, the thing. And, and he, one of his first points was that that certainty is the one thing that most of us are missing. Yeah, and yes. This is going forward. And it's funny because, again, look at the themes that are repeated across the world. A lot of them are, okay, well, everyone's gone okay with COVID, but then they've come out of it. And there's economies with all indicators suggesting that they're either going, they're in a recession or they're going to recession, that sort of thing. And it's the uncertainty is the, is the thing that worries people most. Yeah, I think that's... I mean, I think that's... Uh, if you look at people's jobs, and like even taking aside... Take COVID out of the question. I think that's when it comes to people's careers that you know that's what they want is a little bit of certainty, and especially when you you know when you factor in your job as your ability to look out for your family, protect your family, put food on the table. You know, there's um, I've you probably have too, but I've spoken to hundreds of candidates in my time as a recruiter, and when I ask them. Uh, why they're leaving, they say, oh, I'm just a bit uncertain about, you know, there's some things going on at work, I'm not sure how long they're going to be around, or I'm not sure how long my position's going to be around, or, yeah, you know, whatever the case is. So there's, people will flee from uncertainty. Yeah, and the, the flip side of that is you can never have 100% certainty Of course, yeah. So, you know, it, 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 that was the other point he brought, brought about, is that it should be, be daring and make that move anyway, that, that danger and opportunity are, you know, two sides of the same coin sort of thing. So if you think, well, look, I want to move out of here, oh, I just don't know if it's the right time or whatever to do it. If you're waiting for the right time, that right time is never yeah, that's going right. to yeah. come. So you, you do sometimes have to just rip the Band-Aid off and, and, and sort of go for it, if you like. It's the old old Nike, just do it type scenario. Um, so, yeah, so that was certainly the themes that, that he touched on. Again, the guy was talking about, making sure that you look after yourself 
is uh, yep. is important. And, and this guy's, I guess, worked with a lot of executives across the world, and he's sort of saying that you know, all high performers that he's worked with, they'll either exercise or meditate every day. Um, now, how are you going with that? Yeah, or, how do well, you go with that? If you just substitute day for another time frame, I, I definitely do that. And if you substitute uh, meditation for drinking cider, <laughs> that is not true. I don't drink cider every day. Now, I would, I would exercise and meditate every year. For sure, for sure. Yes. I don't that at all. Um, and then the, and the, the, this one probably was the one when he said that resonated most with me. It's that it should be self-care, family and work and never in any other never order. Never in any other order, so exactly. It, so it's the old, um, and uh, you know, I, I know personally and I'm sure many people listening are the same, uh, in how hypocritical they are when they say you should put your own gas mask on first. If you can't help yourself, then you can't help others. If you're not looking after yourself, then you're not in a position to, to look after others. Um, so it was interesting, you know, uh, for me writing that down because it felt a little, um, at very first glance, it felt sort of a little uh, selfish to be like me first, then the family, then the business. But you know, if you think about it rationally, it's you know that that holds true. If you can't, if you're not helping yourself out, then uh, you know, then you, you're not in a position to help anyone out. You're not in a position to help your team. You're not in a position to help your family, your business. You know, your, your kids, your husband, your wife, etc. So, um, so guys, I'm curious. We uh, typically we don't really we well we don't script this, right? We're just mm. chatting. We just generally chat. Sometimes we. We'll have a few little pointers to keep us on the right direction and usually we'll jot those down and share them with each other before we start talking. And uh, one of your pointers, uh, Durian. Durian. Talk yeah. to me. Give me some, uh, give me, give the listeners some some pearls of wisdom around Durian and how it, how it relates to our life. Well, it's a, it's a, if you're not familiar with it, it's a, the fruit that's uh, through various parts of Asia, it's durian fruit. And it is probably the most disgusting smelling uh, food a lot around. It's just amazingly pungent. It's like rotting flesh. It's terrible. So much so that you get on various subways and, and air, uh, aircraft and they won't let you take it um, on, on board. Even the ho- I'd noticed in their hotel room, there was a, a card that said no smoking and no durian fruit. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's, it's so weird. But yet when you have it, it's it's quite a strong taste and it, it actually tastes okay. It's just if you've got a, it, it's nearly you have to separate your mind between you know what you're smelling and what you're Separate you're your nose from your mouth. Yeah, so it's a little tricky. So it, it is probably the one combining factor because it doesn't really matter where you're from. Because we, we were... We got some of this and we handed it out. And uh, it doesn't matter where the person was from, it was really no indicator of if they would like the fruit or not. So it was a real equaliser across the world. And uh, I do have footage for anyone who would like to request it <laughs> uh, of my learned colleague across the table here uh, trying some durian fruit and not really going too well with it. I think I made the mistake that I sniffed it um, yeah. like three or four times. And uh, there may have been some gagging and, and whatnot that yeah. followed, but it's. Uh, uh, what I, and so then we sat beside another good mate of ours and a, a long-time friend and, and recruiter, uh, recruitment colleague, um, Jason, and, and he loves it. Yeah, like so, there were people. It. There were people at our table who flat out adamantly would not eat it, and then there were people who were eating it like it was a banana, like they loved it. So it just you know uh, it, it goes to show that 
regardless of what it is, there were where there are people who will like it and there are people that will not like it. Yeah. And that probably holds true for most things, but in terms of, you know, jobs and companies and aspects of jobs, there, there's, you know, there's, it takes all sorts, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Some people will like it, some people will not. Yeah. But yeah, there was other things that sort of came away, sort of random thoughts that, that came from all of this as well. And the same as you do, you, you, you want to try and have takeaways from everything and, and that's it, it, within this forum, that's actually one of the things I did. I presented to everybody the various takeaways from, from the first day of the, of the conference. And um, there, was, there was one, and it was talking around the, the marketing side of things, and this goes, we were specifically talking around our interactions within this global group, but this could be across the board anywhere, and, and that is that visibility breeds credibility, breeds profitability. How do you reckon that would translate, I guess, into you know, our, our clients out there or our candidates out there um, you know, in, in helping them achieve what they want to achieve? Um. Well, for me, it was about, uh, I, I looked at it kind of through the lens of LinkedIn. So, yeah, obviously, as recruiters, we spend most of our life on LinkedIn. And, um, you know, I think if you're, if you're visible and you're visible in the right way, and hopefully, you know, hopefully we are, um, then you, you do start to build credibility over time. And there's, you know, there's that, that leads on to profitability. It leads on to talent attraction it leads on to attracting the types of clients you want to work with all that type of thing I know there's you know there's uh, there's people who work here who kind of we only got to talk to because of how visible we are on LinkedIn and how we sort of go about that and you know we sort of position ourselves as somewhere that they might want to work but I think if you're if you're a company that's hiring um, you could do a lot of things that are less beneficial than be really visible on you know, on social media, put the effort in, put the time in, talk to your company about the value of being visible in the market. And that might just be LinkedIn or you might want to, I don't whatever, you know, whatever you do, you might be on TikTok, God forbid, but whatever you're on, get visible uh, and do it in the right way that breeds credibility. And then the, the, the knock on effects of that are, you know, there's many. Yeah. And we look at it from our clients, people want to employ people, um, you've got that visibility. They go to a lot of channels. One of the things we do in preparing people for interview is we'll give them a list of links yeah. of, of, to, to research about the business. And if there's a lot, they go, oh, gee, these guys are pretty well run. They, they know what they're doing. And, they, and they, that is the credibility. And so you want to work for a credible organisation. You know, flip side, if you're the candidate and you mm. want to put out there, if you're on, if you're on LinkedIn, and it doesn't we don't even necessarily talking about from a a recruitment employment point of view, but just if you're if you're a professional and you offer a service, yeah, um, and you want people to consider you credible, well, you've got to be hitting the right points. And um, and there's one thing that our producer Jess and CEO also always talks about is being an authority. Yeah, um, an authority. Post so you're putting up stuff there that shows that you're an authority in your area. And whether it be for somebody trying to recruit you, or whether it be somebody trying to engage you for your services. That's what you're looking to get on, on LinkedIn. And, and we've, we've talked about this, we'll get some speakers on um, around both of those concepts, that in, employer branding and then that personal branding um, a point of view. The people that probably know a little bit more about it than, than we do. Down to. Um, and they can, uh, they can cover a lot off. But that, but that line in itself, um, I think that, that, that visibility breeds credibility mm. and profitability. Um, it, it, it certainly hold, holds true. Um, so that's probably 
it, I think, really. Um, if you're looking at uh, the things we've brought up, we had various other in-jokes and the likes, and you know, they're not they're going to lose all context here, and so there's no real... real so, you're, so, so you're telling me that you went, to, you went to Thailand for four days and you brought back 23 minutes worth of, worth of value... Oh, is that, is that all it was? Yeah. Oh, well, I could talk about stuff. <laughs> I mean, the, the, we had some interesting stats. There was one thing that was around... Um, what, was the, what was that Hong Kong stat? Yeah, yeah. It was 140,000 professionals have left Hong Kong in the last year. So that's, that's a phenomenal staggering. amount of professionals. And so that, that's it. If you're in an industry that... And with banking and finance yeah. and all those sort of things are probably the, the ones, the key ones. But there's a lot of logistics and manufacturing and all that type of stuff out of Hong Kong as well. So it used to be the, the hub for all the stuff when people weren't dealing with China. I mean, they're dealing obviously direct with China. It doesn't, um, it, it doesn't need it as much. But I think it's a lot of the political situation over there, a lot of expats perhaps, um, or those that were Hong Kong citizens and not Chinese citizens and don't want to be Chinese citizens, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of people leaving. And if, if you, you're whatever your industry is, if you're in something that is big in Hong Kong, maybe that's not a bad place to look or get in touch with someone who can tap into to that potential talent pool as well. So that was one. And the one for us that I am want to take away as I'm bringing in is um, there was someone who just had a concept of a feedback Friday. So whatever you're doing yeah. um, during the week, that on Friday you update everybody. Um, so this is where we've got feedback. This is where we tell you where things are at. Um, and this is not just for recruiters. That if, you're, if you're in the process of hiring for your own company, uh, do this as well. Yeah, for sure. Oh, without a doubt. Like it, it's the, the it's this that we talked before the lack of certainty. So yeah. you're uncertain. I've been in the process of that I'm uncertain where I'm at. Then well, I might go and look at something else. But if I'm getting regular feedback, then well, I might stay the course and, and go ahead and, and take that role in the end. There you go. Well, thank you for your wisdom, Gaz. Oh, well, Seemingly, it was it, maybe it was worth uh, worth your time and our cost to send you over there to. Roam around Bangkok for four days. I will just remind you that you were there as well. So that's true. Yeah, okay, right. So there you go. Hopefully that. Uh, hopefully there's some there's some wisdom. There's some things in there that you can uh, that you can put into your uh, into your business or into your career, into your job hunting. Um, I think probably the biggest thing for me was be visible. Um, you know, if if you're not being visible, uh, then you you're missing out on an opportunity to position yourself as an expert in your field, as an authority, uh, and then you only get the chance to talk to people about it when they ask you as opposed to you chipping away at that reputation and building that reputation uh, on an ongoing basis. So there we have it. If you do, uh, as we always say, if you have any questions or you want to give us any feedback, you want to throw up any topics that you'd like us to address, uh, jump on our website, www.2recruiters1mike.com. Leave your thoughts there and uh, we'll get to it online. Um, in a future episode. But for now, thanks for listening. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe so we can reach more people. And don't forget, if you want to submit a question for our Talent Bites section, you can do so on our website, tworecruiters1mic.com. See you next time.